Part One, Chapter Thirteen of Life and Lillian Gish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life and Lillian Gish by Albert Bigelow Payne. Part One, Chapter Thirteen Where the Road Ends, Nell. News came to Mrs. Gish that her brother in St. Louis had died, leaving a widow. She took the children to Massillon and went to St. Louis, and with her sister-in-law opened a confectionery and ice-cream parlor in East St. Louis, a rather drab railroad town across the river. The business started off very well. Railroad men were good wage earners, and East St. Louis was full of them. In a way, it was what Mary Gish had been looking forward to. Her children would no longer be wanderers. They would go to school. Lillian and Dorothy, in Massillon, probably did not suspect that their day as child actors was definitely over, nor that they were among the last of their race. Their little world had come to an end. A curious, romantic, gypsy world, Lillian later called it and rather beautiful, I think. But this was long after. They did not think of it as beautiful then, and would have concealed their connection with it if they could. The children in the Massillon school shouted, Play actor, play actor, at Dorothy, and do what you used to do on the stage. They did not harry Lillian in this way. She was older and taller, and there was something about her face. They stood in awe of her. Someone named her the Chameleon Girl, because she seemed to change the coloring of her personality, her mood, in the flash of an eye. Lillian does not remember where she first met Nell. Nellie Becker, a sweet-faced, happy-hearted girl, somewhat older than herself. Lillian was tall for her years, and serious-minded. The difference did not count. What did count was their instant attraction to each other, beginning in what schoolgirls know as a crush. It presently ripened into something less fleeting, something that was to stand the wear of years. Each was the other's ideal, the companion of which she had dreamed. They shared their heart secrets, read books together. A fine young fellow named Tom was going to marry Nell one of these days, a boy called Alb, for short, a very proper boy, particular about his umbrella and overshoes, appears to have been wishfully interested in Lillian, who, being of a sober turn and not yet thirteen, was not too violently disturbed by his attentions. Whatever romantic love she had, she gave to Nell. When, at the end of the summer, she joined her mother in East St. Louis, she wrote frequent letters, though letter-writing was always her bane. Not many girls of her age would have set out on a long railroad trip, with changes, but real travel had few terrors for the child actress, who, for six or seven years, had known little else. She stopped over in Dayton to see her grandfather, and her first letter, with its very plain schoolgirl writing, some uncertainty as to spelling, and a large indifference to punctuation, is dated from there, September 12, 1909. Well, dear, I am away from Asselon once again. 
but feel as if I had left something behind this time that I never left before. I arrived here at 4.05 yesterday afternoon, and have been on one continual trot ever since then, and I leave here tonight at 11.25, and when I wake up, I'll be in St. Louis, as this is an awfully fast train. An all-night ride in a day coach, but what was that to her? Poor Dorothy, what did she do when I left? I could hardly keep the tears back, and I couldn't say a word for the lump in my throat. I do hope she won't be homesick. You know that feeling. You know that feeling. Who knew it better than herself? The letter ends. Your loving, make-believe sister. It bears her East St. Louis address, 246 Collinsville Avenue. A week later she wrote, How is my dear fat sister? Does she seem to be satisfied? Bless her old fat heart. She is bad, but I love her. She tells of a day's trip to a small town in Illinois, and how, when she got back to the store, they were awfully rushed, so of course I had to help. In another letter, we hear of a girl named Mertice, who is going to give a party for her at a big hall. They have ordered an automobile, seven passenger, 45 horsepower, but it won't be here until March. Oh, I wish you could hear her talk about all the trips we are going to take. She knows all about you now. She couldn't help but know if she is around me very long. End of Part 1 Chapter 13